You're listening, listening to, to Bible, Bible Plus. Bible Plus from Seesaw. Bible Plus is a podcast featuring short, daily discussions of every chapter in the New Testament. Bible Plus is designed to increase Bible reading, understanding, and enjoyment. Get more out of the Bible. Hello, everyone. Hope you're having a good day so far, and thanks for tuning in to the Bible Plus podcast. We've got a great chapter coming today in Luke 11. So uh, how this is going to go is, you know, the first section here about prayer. I want to spend a little bit of time on it to talk about some things, and then we'll hit some highlights moving through the rest of the chapter. And then I want to tie some of the key points in the different sections in Luke 11 to our subjective experience and what that would look like. So without further ado, let's jump in. So the first section in Luke 11, the Lord is talking about prayer. And it starts off with, while he was in a certain place praying, when he ceased, a certain one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, even as John also taught his disciples to pray. Then the Lord goes into it, and he begins telling them uh, the words of what a lot of us know as the Lord's Prayer. Start off with, Father, your name be sanctified, your kingdom come. We all know that prayer. We've all recited, quote, quote, the Lord's Prayer uh, many times, You know, especially if you grew up in church. But there's something here that's absolutely marvelous um, when the Lord begins teaching about prayer after he gives them the example of prayer in verses 2 and 3 and 4. And he, he uses two examples. The first one is an example of a friend who's on a journey, and he goes to him at midnight, and he's asking for three loaves of bread. And so he's talking about, you know, basically being persistent uh, with the person that's he's come to late at night that's in bed with their family. And so anyway, because of the persistence in prayer, the friend gives his friend the three loaves. Then the Lord goes into another example, and he mentions here in verse 11, he says, But what father among you whose son shall ask for a fish will instead of a fish hand him a snake? Or if he shall also ask for an egg, will hand him a scorpion? Okay. Very interesting in verse 13. The Lord says, If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father who is from heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Okay, this is what we got to tie together, all right? In the two previous examples that the Lord uses to teach about prayer, it is a person coming to get something that they need to consume or distribute to others for their consumption, for the sake of their life and life supply. For the first one, it's a friend coming to a friend to get loaves of bread. In the second example, it is a father giving fish or an egg. So you have bread, fish, and egg. We know, we all know what we do with those. We eat those, we take those in, we enjoy them, and they become the sustenance by which we live. So then the Lord goes on to say, how much more will the Father who is from heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So here are the two takeaways. Number one, the Holy Spirit in these examples 
is signified by the bread, the fish, and the loaves, which means that the Holy Spirit is for our life and life supply. And number two, that when we pray, we shouldn't be reciting religiously, traditionally, um, systematically a prayer uh, like I did many times in my life, just reciting the Lord's Prayer just because that's what I was supposed to do. But we should pray in a way we pray ourselves into the Lord to the extent that we receive the Holy Spirit as our sustenance, just like we would receive fish, eggs, and bread for our sustenance. The Holy Spirit symbolically would become or symbolized by the fish, bread, and the eggs would become our food to supply us in our prayer. So prayer is not a cumbersome duty, but genuine prayer should bring us into an experience of being supplied by the Holy Spirit. Now, the next section is the Lord talking of uh, a lot about different things, he's talking about demons, he's talking about Satan being the strong man, but I want to focus on verse 20. He says, but if I by the finger of God cast out the demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. What is the finger of God? Well, you have to tag this verse with Matthew 12, 28, where the Lord says, if I by the spirit of God cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So the finger of God in Luke 12, 20 is the spirit of God in Matthew 12, 28. So we see here that wherever there is the finger of God, there's the spirit. Wherever the spirit is, there's the finger of God. And where the spirit is, the demons and the devils cannot be there. And the kingdom of God is brought in. Now, the Lord talks about several different things uh, in the following verses. But I want to jump to the section really quick, um, starting in verse 33, where the Lord talks about lighting a lamp. Uh, the lamp of the body being our eye, our body being full of light. Uh, when our eye is single, uh, make sure we don't have darkness within us. Uh, so this is crucial, right? And then he goes into a pretty long section that, that he begins rebuking the Pharisees and lawyers. Because what they are, the Lord tells them, you know, Pharisees, this is verse 39, you cleanse the outside of the cup and of the platter but your inside is full of extortion and wickedness. So on the outside, they look great. Wow, they look so devout to God and they know so much about the Bible, but inside they're filled with all kind of wicked things. And then the Lord just concludes, basically he's he's blasting the Pharisees over and over and over again um, and the lawyers as well. So this is, we're in the home stretch here and I want to tie all this together, Okay. In, re- in relation to our experience. Here's a summary of Luke 11 in our experience. The first part, we have the matter of prayer, which prayer is is a great way. And and it, it should be, it should bring us into the experience of being, of receiving the Spirit as the life supply so that we're filled with the Spirit. And remember the next section that talked about the demons and Satan and, you know, the Lord casting out the demons by the finger of God, which is the spirit. Okay, brothers and sisters, when we are receiving the spirit to the extent that we are filled with the spirit, any kind of uh, foothold that Satan may have within us is ejected. It's eliminated. It's cast out. That rebellion that we have, 
when we receive the Spirit and get filled with the Spirit, it is swallowed up. And what happens with that? After we're getting filled with the Spirit, the rebellion within us is being dealt with. The rebellious outside of us is being dealt with because we're receiving and getting filled with the Spirit. When that happens, we become persons that are full of light. Remember that section on the light? Well, we become persons walking in the light, filled with light. Light is radiating out of us. And then finally, when we are filled with the Spirit and we're filled with light, we aren't just outwardly cleansed cups. We aren't just, you know, talking the talk but not walking the walk. We are genuinely cleansed both outwardly and inwardly with our being filled with the Spirit, with our being filled with light. And in such a condition, we express God and His divine attributes through our human virtues throughout our daily life. So this is the experiential takeaway for us in the sequencing of these verses, and I hope you guys enjoy today's podcast. Be blessed and may the Lord fill us with this spirit each and every day, moment by moment.